passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Episode 142 of the Believe in Rams podcast. I'm Jake Ellenboga, and he is Cameron Lynch, former Rams linebacker. We're coming to you after a Rams win. I know it's been a minute, but we're very excited about it. We're going to dive into it. But before we do, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, all of that jazz on all your podcast platforms. And uh, we're going to read this ad read and get right into it. So basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, bet online offers NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So, Cam, well, when this game started, I can tell you I was absolutely pumped. I don't know why I was so excited for a 3-9 and football team to play a uh, five and seven football team, but I was, <laughs> yeah. uh, I felt like, you know, anytime you get a, um, you know, a primetime game, it's, it's special. So the burning question cam after this game, and we're going to get into it, but burning Ooh. question, starting it off. What is Baker Mayfield's future with the Los Angeles Rams? Jake, can I say, let's go Baker. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, seeing Baker Mayfield and his confidence I think that's just that's the the headline. Baker's confidence. Seeing that on display was absolutely outstanding. I know like the theme of the game and people were watching was, oh my gosh, this man only had 40 something hours to prepare. How does he do it? And I we talked about it on the podcast prior, Jake. We were like, this man has the juice. I said he and I did say he didn't have the sauce, right? He just had the juice. But I think I gotta take that back, Jake. I think the man has the sauce. First round draft pick coming out of Oklahoma. So we did say that they're the creme de la creme quarterbacks, right? The past couple of years. And so the way that he came in and prepared, you know, within two days, um, executed, ran the whole offense, calling uh, audibles, options, checking to runs, throwing the deep ball. I mean, Jake, come on, man. This is what we needed. This is what the Rams needed. I'm super excited. I know you were going crazy on Twitter, man. How are you feeling about Baker Mayfield and his performance? Well, I had to stop myself from buying a Baker Mayfield jersey. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> In case right. he changes the number, uh, yeah. He's probably not going to wear 17 if he's on the Rams next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he made that very clear that he does not like that number. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick said, he's like, oh, it looks great on you. And he said, don't stop that. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, Baker Mayfield, we both wanted them to go out and get him. 
Um, I think this brings a renewed energy regardless if they make the playoffs or not. And the reason I said if folks is because there's still a chance. Mm. Are you telling me there's still a chance? There's still a chance. We're going to talk we'll, about we'll that later. We'll get to that at the yeah. end of the show. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's regardless of that, you know, Cam, I'm all about just finishing strong. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I hear it. And I know the, the Rams are forever connected with the Lions because they made one of those crazy trades that you only see every now and then. Um, but as a Rams fan, you are not obligated to root for the lions. Okay. And they're not rooting for you. (laughs) You're kidding me right now. And and this, this, I have to say this cam, because I hear it all the time. You guys are ruining our draft pick, bro. When you made that trade, this is a dream. This is a dream. You never thought this draft pick would be that good. Even if they make the playoffs, it's better than I could have ever imagined this draft pick to be for them. Mm Mm-hmm. In all honesty, I'm overhearing about the draft pick. I, I'm not tanking. You kidding me? I'm not tanking. What good does that do you? None. Oh, you get a, a a higher pick in the second round. If there is somebody that they like enough at 33rd overall, they'll trade up to get him. I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. Okay. They're going to have a second round pick this year unless they trade it for somebody. I don't think they should, but they will. So here's the thing. Enough with the tanking. This is going to be fun. Sean McVay confirmed that Baker Mayfield is the starter moving forward. Uh, you know, in the words of, uh, I don't know if you saw the, the movie Do Revenge. This is shocking news. I'm shocked. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not. Uh, obviously, Baker's going to be the starter. I did feel bad for John Wolford, who was on the sidelines with the helmet on, but you knew he was never putting, he was never getting back on the field after that. Yeah. It's an X-Man up league. Yeah. And you, you know? got the number one draft pick coming in. Like, come on, fam. Like, I, j- like John, I mean, John played at Wake Forest. Like, I played against them. Like, Wake Forest and Syracuse has never been good. And you got a guy coming from <laughs> Oklahoma, number one pick overall. Like, what do you expect, fam? <laughs> I just, Cam, Baker Mayfield being a Ram is so good for our business. I can't even explain it. <laughs> We're so hyped. Um, I got so many followers. And I was saying some like, I mean, I I wasn't like cussing all over the place or anything like that on Twitter, but like, you know, I got loose. I was going all caps. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This is the most excited I've been about a Rams game since the Super Bowl. Um, When you get a guy like that in there who has the following he has, AKA the Baker bros. Um, I don't care what anyone says. They are good for business. The Baker, okay? the Baker Bros. They're going to be watching this podcast. What's that? The Baker you know? Bros. I'm not sure what that is. Jay, you got to fill me in on the Baker Bros. What's that? The, he's got a fan base, okay. like a, a fan base dedicated to him, like the the LeBron fans. Okay. You know? Okay. Like yeah, the Beyonce awesome. Be- Beehive. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, so uh, Mayfield's fan base like flooded my Twitter was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like, I'm, I'm going to be a Rams fan now. And I'm like, I, okay, I see it. <laughs> and then I saw the views start to go up like crazy. I had uh, the live stream I did, Cam, uh, right after the game. Mm-hmm. I had over 800 people in it live. Whoa. And it hit almost 14,000 views. A round of applause there, a round of applause. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's big, Jake. I think you talked about this, right? Like, 
the podcasting. The 49 football team, Cam. Yeah, this just makes this just makes life better for everybody that's creating content around the Rams. Uh, I'm super excited for you in that as well because you've been working on this for a while now. And so to see your hard work pay off, you know, with exciting moments like Baker Baker Mayfield and forcing the Rams to finish strong rather than tanking like you suggested, like it's only better for everyone. So for the Rams to, to continue winning, for Sean McVay to diversify his playbook, to get Baker Mayfield in there, it's better for everybody. Everybody eats, B. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, Cam. It, it's great for our show as well. Uh, you can see with the numbers, you put Baker Mayfield in the uh, the title and all of a sudden <laughs> people, people are like, whoa, hey, hold on a sec. I got to watch this. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, we're going to get into the game balls real quick, but I just had to say credit to Sean McVay, credit to Lesney, credit to whoever got this guy in the building. It's a no brainer. If you do it, mm-hmm. if you don't do it, then you know, you don't do it, but Baker Mayfield, and you might already know this, but if you don't, I gotta share, I gotta share this insight. Cause this was awesome. So he had his interview with the uh, Amazon prime, you know, crew and he even said, like, they were asking him, like, did you know you're going to go to the Rams? And he's like, I bought a plane ticket to go to L.A. Like, I just assumed they were going to. I'm like, man. And then his post game, uh, you know, celebration in the locker room, you know, after the the very fiery Sean McVay winner, you know, the speech there, uh, man, Baker Mayfield <laughs> saying, I'm glad I'm home. Just felt like it just hit me right in the heart, man. I'm like, this guy. I mean, how is this any different than OBJ? How is this any different than OBJ? Mm-hmm. Two teams hasn't found a home, you know, left disgruntled. Maybe this is his home. And I mean, I know OBJ is gone and, and there's a very good chance they'll go after him this off season to bring him back. But Baker Mayfield, and they did the same thing. They both played their first game on the Rams, but what Baker Mayfield did as a quarterback I've never seen before. I, I think it's unprecedented if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's it's the first time in a while it's for someone to pick up a playbook in two days and start at quarterback. Like, that's super hard to do at, at quarterback. All the checks and be successful at it. And my question is, my how's Matthew Stafford feeling? That's that's my question. Inside, like, I'm sure he's super happy. The Rams are winning. But I, I know he's in concussion protocol. We talked about this. I think uh, you had a hot take about this. Will Matthew Matthew Stafford retire? Will this help his decision in retiring, right? Like, okay, the Rams are in good hands. If I want to be smart and play with my kids when I grow up and, you know, you know, um, really value my health and safety, should I just pass this, pass the sticks to, to Baker Mayfield and live a, a great life? I got a Super Bowl. What does that look like? I'm curious what he feels like. I think it's a great point because, you know, after that game, you see this giant smile on St- Stafford doesn't smile. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you for a guy that has like, you know, really just, he's awesome. He's got a great family. Uh, he's got a lot of supporters around him. I don't see him smile like that. He was very happy for Baker. John Wolford, on the other hand, the back corner, you know, there are some memes out there. Uh, Cause you know, he looks like straight out of a horror movie, like just, <laughs> <laughs> but, he's, but a, he's hey, a competitor. I, I, he's a competitor. It makes sense. Yeah, he's a competitor, and we don't know. It's like you're you're stopping, you're freeze framing a video. So it could be that one moment where he looks like this, but like maybe he was smiling before. I don't know. Struggling, Probably not. But struggling. But uh, <laughs> but what I'll say with Stafford is the vibe I'm getting. Cam is that he's going to be back. I think Stafford will be back. 
And I think he actually may have retired this year had they made the playoffs and fallen short, or even if they went, they won the Super Bowl again. Um, and I guess they still have a shot. So let's not throw that out the window <laughs> just yet. But he can't end it like this. He can't. He's been through too much. I He's not going to end it like this. Sean McVay even said he doesn't expect him to have any procedures done this offseason. He had him done last offseason. So he might be more ahead of the eight ball if he gets to sit these these games. Um, keep in mind, I think the big issue with him, uh, obviously the, the offensive line being banged up to all hell. But, you know, you look in the the training camp and, and you know, his, uh, you know, all of that, right? Going through everything, uh, preseason, all that. He wasn't really able to get on the same page with like Allen Robinson and other guys because he was banged up and didn't really practice as much as some of the other guys. So, you know, I feel like that's the thing that kind of gets lost on people is Wolford took the majority of the first team reps in the offseason. And I think that's why the Rams were so comfortable with him being the guy over Perkins. Um, you know, so now it, it's a little interesting, right? Because Baker is probably going to command a decent deal if he finishes off this year strong. But if he doesn't finish it off strong enough, then the Rams won't sign him, right? So it's one of those things where you want him to do well, but if he does too well, he's probably out of the Rams' reach because you're not going to pay $17 million for a backup quarterback, right? Mm. Um, so, I mean, at that point, compensatory pick comes into play. And they already knew they were getting one. And I said this. I was like, look, compensatory picks for quarterbacks are different. Because a backup quarterback, if somebody signs him to be their starter next year, like I mentioned, a Trubisky type of deal, that's going to be at least a fourth round compensatory pick, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and then costly. you have like the the <laughs> yeah, and then you have the buzz of Baker. Like Trubisky was drafted high, but Trubisky does not have the brand that Baker Mayfield. He doesn't has. have the sauce like um, Baker has the sauce. <laughs> so it's it's just one of those things, Cam, where I'm thinking about it, and I'm like. The Rams win either way, um, but I definitely want to see this guy back, and I can't believe I'm saying it. It may be reactionary. I'm never going to push Stafford out of the building. He's done too much for this organization in such a short amount of time, and I've been a fan of his going back to the Lions, so I'm not you know, backing down on that. But the best-case scenario, Rams run it back next year, win Super Bowl uh, 58, Stafford retires and Baker takes over as the franchise quarterback. You get him on a legit deal um, and you have him at what age 30, mm-hmm. you know, a five-year deal at age 30. So he still has the decent mobility. He's not a running quarterback. So you don't have to worry about him getting himself into trouble. Um, can make all the throws. He's got the the clutch gene that you need. I think that's the best case scenario. I really do. I think the, the Rams feel like, I don't know. There was something about this year where I felt like I was buying too much in the running back hype, but I, I felt was I was like, we're probably looking at a year after they win the Super Bowl. Because think about the Chiefs; everyone was calling them the dynasty. Um, you know, after they won with Patrick Mahomes, it's like Patrick Mahomes, youngest quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Like this is crazy, and they haven't won since. So it's one of those things where you can't just assume. And I think a lot of us just assume because but, of Thomas Edward Brady. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Because, you know, what it really comes down to with this team is that I think they still have a core group of guys. They're going to have some cap space, I think, at some point. Um, they can still, you know, free up to $80 million next year. Uh, it's not as easy as just freeing it up, right? You have to make some tough decisions, but they could. And, you know, I just feel like when you look at, like, a Baker Mayfield, um, 
this is a guy that has we we've talked about it you know he won the browns their first uh you know playoff game in years uh he broke the rookie touchdown passing record um he had two really good seasons you know throwing over 90 per, uh 90 uh passer rating and he had a shoulder injury and then the Browns kind of gave up on him and then he goes to the Carolina and he's got one of the worst offensive coordinators in football. That's not imaginative at all and holds him back. I've already said this, so this is not a shock. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that's another thing. How do you think the Panthers fans felt watching that game last night the, or the other night? Because it's Sick. like, <laughs> were they using him like that in Carolina? No, no. And, and I want to go back to your point, Jake, you mentioned something with Matthew Stafford and, and, um, Baker Mayfield with this, I think Baker Mayfield is going to show the Rams how to use these receivers. I know we're going to talk about the game balls pretty soon, but I think Baker Mayfield is going to show Sean McVay, hey, you could be using this guy like this, right? You could be using this guy like this. And so even for the Panthers fans, like, hey, y'all could have been using Baker Mayfield like this. So I think Baker Mayfield is going to shine a light on the dark areas for the Rams, the dark areas of the offense, the lack of diversity, right? Always throwing a Cooper Cup. But when you got different receivers like Brandon Powell, you got to two at will that Baker Mayfield's using at a high clip the second day that he's on the team. So if he's using those, these guys in these tools in an effective way to win a game on the second day of him being on a team, why can't Matthew Stafford do that? Why can't John Wolford yeah. do that? Right. So I think he's shining a light on a lot of those things. And um, Baker Mayfield sauce, man. <laughs> <laughs> So now we get into the game balls and I mean, how many do you want to give out cam? Because I feel like you could give out three, four, maybe five. That might be pushing it. Um, all I know is that Baker Mayfield has to get the first game ball. He gets, he gets number one. I mean, give him number yeah. one, the way that, I mean, the deep ball at the end of the game, Jake to start on the two yard line. And to be honest, when he started on the two yard line, Jake, I wasn't worried because I'm sure he watched Tom Brady beat the saints prior to right Tom Brady had a, a little amount of time to work with and Baker Mayfield was probably the like same I can do that score. too same score same thing that I mean that's all right that's happened it's like teams are like four in 454 in the NFL when being when trailing by 13 with five minutes to go and we've now seen it it was one in 434 or maybe even more than 434 I don't know but the point is only one win had come from that. And that's happened three times this year alone, Cam, to make it a four. Uh, if you forgot, because obviously you talked about the Brady one, Baker, uh, but you can't forget the Jets earlier in the year with the, the Browns, man. Mm -hmm. Nick Chubb scores. They come back the most improbable win because they actually had to hit an onside kick. They had no timeouts. They weren't going to be able to stop them on defense. They hit the onside kick. They picked that up. And then the bomb from Flacco to, uh, to Corey Davis, that game was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, that's happened three times, the four times, all time. Three of them have happened this year. Question, question for you, Jake, when Tom Brady beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl, right. And at that moment, I think it was coined, like, don't ever give up on a game because it's never over until it's over, right? Like, I wonder if yeah. Tom Brady created a, a mindset, I think, just for the sports world, the sports industry, all the teams, like, hey, 
if you give me two minutes as an athlete at the end of a game to win, like it is possible. I, I'm not sure if that was possible prior to Tom Brady and just that mindset, but I'm seeing it over and over again, similar to like how Steph Curry changed the game of basketball, right? Ruined the game of basketball, shooting three-pointers, and you got big men shooting three-pointers. I wonder if Thomas Edward Brady has changed the game and instilled that confidence in young quarterbacks and just offensive coordinators and just people in general to finish strong and to never give up when you only have two minutes or one minute on the clock. And so I'm just curious about what that looks like. So it's, it's funny with, with Brady, because I feel like that's all like everyone associates 28 to three that comeback, but I, I would go as far back and I don't remember the exact score, but Russell Wilson threw like four or five interceptions in the NFC title game against the Panthers. Um, and he came back and like won that game. Mm. Uh, it was incredible. And it might not be the Panthers. It might've been the Packers. That sounds about right. But yeah, it was like the most improbable comeback. Um, they were down by like 20, 30, maybe mm. I'd have to look it up, but that like when I think of like comebacks, I just think of that game because I'm like Russell Wilson played like absolute crap, but he stepped up when it mattered. And that's the thing. Like you could argue Russell Wilson put them in the hole. You could argue Tom Brady put them in the hole. You know, the, the pick six to make it 21 to three. I was Brady. Uh, I don't think he played well. And then all of a sudden he started, you know, coming alive. Um, I don't know. Football is just weird, man, because it's awesome. Like it. it, Well, yeah. And and this is why I'm going to make this about more than just football right now. Baseball. I saw the Yankees come back. I think they were down eight, nothing in the eighth inning. They came back and won that game eight, 10 to nine Um, football. We're talking about this, this comeback, but you know, I've seen hockey games where a team was up five, nothing and they lost seven to six in overtime. Um, you know, but this is going to be a knock on the NBA because man, just call it the national blood association. I've never seen coaches give up on their players quicker. If shots, I don't care if, if the, if this was the NBA, this doesn't happen. Mm. The Rams being down 16 to three, they're running out the clock. If this is the NBA, Mm. I mean, I'll be honest. If this is the NBA, Bryce Perkins is in at quarterback Malcolm Brown is the the running back the rest of the game. Uh, They're putting in Austin Trammell. They're they're putting all their backups. They're throwing the game. Um, That is, this is why I'm saying it because the NFL is just different. The NFL, you have to watch all times. Now I will say this 16 to three lead is for whatever reason, like really, um, it's like the worst lead in football now after the last two primetime games. But what I'll say, Cam, is that it's almost set up for you to fail. Mm. If you're up by 13 points with, you know, five minutes to go, you're set up because if you score and then you get a stop on defense, because you're likely to get a stop on defense because teams for whatever reason are in that like gray area do I want to run out the clock? Do I want to make sure I get the first down? We saw it in Tampa Bay mm-hmm. with the Rams. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to finish the game and Tampa went down the field and scored the game winner. It's the same thing. So it's just one of those weird things, Cam, where it's like that 13 point lead where you don't score two touchdowns and tie it up. You score a touchdown to win it. 
right? You score a touchdown to put yourself one possession away and then you have a score a touchdown to win it. Those things, I mean, it's, it's a dangerous game, man. It's weird. It, you, you don't want to be up two scores uh, with, with five minutes to go too much because time. lately it just, it feels like too much time. And also think about this. So you get the stop right on defense. So now you get to stop on defense and now the, the defense that you're going up against to win the game, they don't know what they're doing because it's like, am I going to play prevent? Am I going to let these guys get all this real estate and, and, and get these yards? Or am I going to play like man to man? I'm going to play some press coverage. It's kind of hard to, to know what the right decision is. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, the rule of thumb was always, um, you know, if they need a field goal, you don't play prevent. If they need a touchdown, you play prevent, but, the Raiders did not play prevent and they had 98 yards to go. Sick, sick. Yeah. And, and I think that's really important. A lot of times too, in practice, um, we always practice situational football, right? Two minute drill, four minute drill. What does that look like? And those are extremely important in practice. And a lot of times in football, it, it can get monotonous, right? Doing the same things over and over again, but these situations the situations in practice are extremely important because they show up in games like this. You, you see them show up a lot of times at the end of every half. The last two to four minutes are, are extremely important into the first half, into the second half of so pretty much every game in sports. And so paying attention to those uh, those situational football games uh, or situational moments in football are extremely important. I want to go back again to you mentioned uh, you mentioned the NBA, right? Uh, give it up time like, hey. Four minutes left, kind of like blowing the clock. And I know Zion Williamson, <laughs> the other night, they were playing the, <laughs> playing the Suns. He did a 360 windmill right at the end of the game. And so he knew how to finish strong. He knows how to finish strong. And so yeah. does Baker Mayfield. I want to tie this back to Baker Mayfield. Both of those guys know how to I finish strong. <laughs> I mean, and, and like sticking with it real quick with the NBA, it's not even like the last four minutes of the game. I've watched... Like, why is uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander the best player on the Thunder in a five-point game? Why is he playing two minutes the rest of the second half? <laughs> they just give up, man. Always oh, on a back-to-back -back. load management. Glad <laughs> the NFL doesn't have it. So over it. Let's move on. Uh, back to the game balls. Baker Mayfield has a game ball. Um, Cam, we gotta give Ben. Uh, he didn't catch the touchdown to win the game. But Ben Skoranek mm -hmm. is deserving of a game ball. The way he goes up in mosses. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I already forgot the guy's name. But, but the way he mosses. Nasty. Nasty. Nate Hobbs. Nasty. Um, and, and Trayvon Merrig was right there, too. Just disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I think it was Peter King who said on uh, the NBC um, sports youtube account or whatever i was watching the the video him explaining how things went peter king said according to next gen stats baker mayfield on that drive had three passes of below 35 percent likelihood of completion he says it was so un improbable that there are quarterbacks in the league that if they get one of those completed in every game it's a good thing he had three on the last drive when it had to happen. Nasty. And as much credit as you want to give Baker, you got to give credit to Atwell. Mm -hmm. You got to give credit to Van Jefferson coming down with that ball. I mean, it's perfectly placed. But Van Jefferson, if he drops it, the game's over. Yeah. Uh, you have to give credit to Van. You have to give credit to Skoranek. 
you have to give credit to Malcolm Brown because mm-hmm. I mean, hey, what what happens? I mean, they were they they scored nine seconds remain after they scored the touchdown. What happens if Malcolm Brown doesn't dive to the ground after he catches that check down and tries to stay up and fight for yards? And don't tell me that you like that doesn't happen because that happens a lot. Yes. A lot more than you would believe. Yes. There are guys thinking about themselves. It's it's a me, not we culture sometimes. And when you get the ball at the end of the game, that's when, you know, that that we that team mentality has to to sift through. And I just got to give credit to Malcolm Brown because yeah. I've seen that before where now all of a sudden the quarterback doesn't have time to spike the ball. Now they lose two plays because you were trying to fight for yards. Hey, I appreciate the fighting for yards any other time, but not on a two minute drill. No. Yeah, And that's, and that's a veteran play. I think Mark Ingram had an issue with the Buccaneers. I think he ran out of bounds and didn't get the first down. He did. And he had that issue. And it's always those situational moments. And, you know, I think we talked about it. I, uh, when Malcolm Brown got signed onto the Rams, I was super happy because he's a veteran presence. He knows football. He knows situations. He's been in practice where it's monotonous. It's in the practice. Coach is like, hey, we got to go through this two-minute drill, and everybody's checking out. They're like, dang, I'm ready to go home. It's been two hours. I've been hitting people. But Malcolm Brown has been in many of those practice situations and sat through those moments in it paid off. It worked off. It worked out. And so having guys like Malcolm Brown on the team, he might not be, he might not be running a four, four, right. He might not, uh, you know, be like a Josh Jacobs, Jacobs, but he knows situational football. He's a team player. And that's, that's what the Rams needed at the time. That's what Baker Mayfield needed at the time, a new quarterback. You have a veteran guy that's been on the team before he knows what's up. And so Shout out to Malcolm Brown there. And I also want to go to the defensive side as well, too. Greg Gaines. Greg Gaines. I mean, I was going to say, my man man was balling out just the way I think he bounced back. Um, I know we talked about the trap with with, when they played the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes getting out of the pocket. He had some trouble, you know, keeping contained. He he had a couple sacks that game. But the way he played this game, I think he made up for it. I think with Aaron Donald being out, he is that next guy. So I definitely want to give that, that, that defensive ball to Greg Gaines. He, he, he played outstanding. No, I absolutely agree with you. I would, I would give the game ball to Greg Gaines as well. I was going to say, you know, you, it was a perfect segue because you, uh, you mentioned Josh Jacobs. They held him in 3.7 yards per carry, which you'll take any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. This guy, this is the only offense in the NFL. Okay. The only offense in the NFL that has two guys, a, a running back and a wide receiver over a thousand yards. And the Rams did not allow either of them to go over a hundred. We can talk all we want and be reactionary. All we want. Oh, Ramsey got toasted. Ramsey got toasted. Yeah. But what did Devonte Adams do in the second half? I'll tell you zero, nothing mm. zilch. They shut him down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Derek Carr was the guy who had been in this offense. Uh, and I like Derek Carr, so I'm not about to thrash on him, <laughs> but Derek Carr has been on this offense in, in this offense for the whole season. Baker Mayfield was in this offense. He had a practice. Uh, it was basically a walkthrough. So it wasn't even like a full practice and Baker Mayfield outplayed Derek Carr. Derek Carr turned the ball over twice. Even if Baker Mayfield didn't even really do that well, he didn't turn the ball over, but he did well on top of that. Derek Carr was pressured a bunch of times. He escaped the pocket. He kept himself upright. Shout out to him. But Greg Gaines, the big play in this game, Cam, the the Vegas Raiders are up 13 to three going into the half. They're driving. They're in the red zone. If they score a touchdown 20 to three, I don't think the Rams win this football game. I just don't. So 20 to three, right, is, is looming. And 
Greg Gaines pushes the guard into Derek Carr. Carr throws one of the weirdest throws I've ever seen. And Ernest Jones picks it off. We could talk about Ernest Jones catch. That was incredible. But Greg Gaines made that happen. Mm -hmm. And if Greg Gaines doesn't do that, they kick a field goal. They're up 16 to three. As we know, they scored in the fourth quarter. Uh, that would have been 19 to, th uh, to three. Um, you know, obviously the Rams scored 14. It changes the game and everything. But the point is they didn't get plays on that drive. Uh, they, they didn't get points on that drive. And that is because Greg Gaines and the pressure he put in the interior. And to me, Cam, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. It's why he deserves the game ball. Um, another guy that deserves a game ball, Taylor Rapp, right. sealing the deal. You know, he played a hell of a game. It's his best game of the year. PFF would agree too. gave him a 90 in coverage, 90 grade in coverage. Uh, you know, hey, look, I give this guy flack. You know it. I mean, we, we joke about it. Um, I don't hate him, though. Let's be real here. But uh, I give the guy flack. I think he's had some good moments. I think he's had some off moments. This was one of those good moments. Um, he said, put some respect on my name. Rap said, put some respect on my name, Jay. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm listening to your podcast. And, and I want to add to that with Taylor Rap. You know, one thing, he doesn't play perfect. Like you always you always call out here. You, you, you say, hey, Taylor Rap could have done better on here with DJ Metcalf uh, and Jalen Ramsey in the end zone versus Seattle. He could have helped out a little bit more on that play too. Nick Scott could have as well. And Nick Scott could have as well. It's a whole, whole so. group of people. Um, but one thing I do remember is seeing Taylor Rap in the red zone a lot whether it be a lot of over like high balls, he's either touching the ball, tipping the ball, a lot of pass deflection, making big plays in the red zone. And I think he did that, uh, did that this week again against the Raiders. So like you said, shout out to Taylor Rapp. Got to show him some love because he deserves, yeah. he deserves it. This, at this go around. So good job, Taylor Rapp. Yeah. And then I'm um, all right. I'm, I'm going to say I'll, I'll, I'll give two more ready. One on the offense, one on the defense, you know, where I'm going with the defense. Bobby freaking Wagner. Bobby You're a Wagner. three and nine football team. That guy's like, I ain't sitting out this season. I'm playing every down. Like it's my last 14 tackles. All right. Some pressure that he put on the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, he had a huge stop that no one talks about, but on third down, Derek Carr is trying to extend the ball and get that first down. And Bobby Wagner decks him out of bounds by the way speaking of decking apparently now it's a you're allowed to deck the punter your guy riley dixon got hit and the ref threw the flag and then picked it up and didn't have any explanation Insane. as to why even al michaels was confused mm -hmm. uh had to throw that out there um <laughs> the offensive side i am going to give a game ball and i could I, this could be a co one but i'm just going to give it to the man in the middle Brian Allen. Mm -hmm. It is so hard to be a center in this league. It's so hard to be a starting center in this league. And it's really hard to be a freaking center in this league when your quarterback doesn't know the offense. Mm -hmm. Brian Allen kept Baker going. Okay. He kept him going. He was yelling back in his face, telling him different things. I mean, it got to the point like Baker was literally saying like four, three, like they're going off like the, the, you know, the wristband, yeah. like, it was straight up like backyard football and that doesn't happen if not for a really good support staff. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, Baker mentioned Sean McVay deserves credit. Stafford deserves credit. John Wolford, Bryce Perkins all helped him. Uh, Zach Robinson will get to him later. I think he'll end up being the OC next year. Uh, and Liam Cohen, who's going to be leaving uh, to Kentucky. We'll talk about that later, but those guys got him credit or, or got him ready. But the center, Brian Allen, 
didn't give up a pressure, didn't give up a sack. So the the way he played in this game, and by the way, neither did Coleman Shelton. So I got to give him shout to, to him. But the way he played in this game, Brian Allen showed you he was worth the payment that they spent this offseason. And he stepped up. Mm-hmm. He's had some injuries. It hasn't been, you know, smooth and pretty this year. But Brian Allen was a Pro Bowl center last year, and he looked like one on Thursday night. And, and Jake, you mentioned this, right? The support that he's providing Baker Mayfield. The other people that you mentioned, the coaches, they're not on the field, right? They're not exactly. listening to the black hole screaming at the top of their lungs. Jake, when I watched that, watched that game, it was all black in the stadium. I mean, I saw a whole bunch of Raiders jerseys in that SoFi stadium. So the fact that he was able to give Baker that confidence to sling the ball, to check out a plays like that was unbelievable. And so you mentioned his play in it, not to, not to mention, let's go on the Raiders side. We got also got to show love to the Raiders team as well at the end of the day, because those guys could be Rams one day. So (laughs) you never know, but we want to also show love. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. (laughs) You you can never know Max Crosby. I think, you know, he was one of your players there that you chose. I mean, the man was playing out of his mind. Rob Havenstein had him around his neck pretty much half the game. So the fact that he got, the fact that Rob got away with some of those calls, you know, shout out to the folks, uh, you know, the football, guys there and then Chandler Jones the way that he played I mean we we called it that was your guy and that was my guy yeah that was my guy we called it out in the prior podcast but the fact that Baker at Mayfield was able to operate against world-class players like Max Crosby and Chandler Jones these Hall of Fame-esque players possibly um players of the year when it comes to Max Crosby I think he's looking for defensive player of the year the way that he played under that pressure the way that the Rams offensive line Byron Allen the way that he that they operated with that pressure unbelievable man it's unbelievable it's unbelievable it's something we got to give those guys an award because that was i think we talked about it versus seahawks they played the the best complimentary football i think that we've seen and then adding to this week they they just maxed out and so i think the rams are definitely on an upward trend i know we're going to talk about here pretty soon about what the playoff hopes look like but I mean, the Rams did it. They did it. And this is this is Rams football, Jake. This is what we need to see week in and week out. I absolutely agree. Um, you know, looking at our X factors last week, Cam, you know, I, you and I hit the nail on the head with Crosby and uh, and Chandler Jones. I mean, not even an argument there. Crosby I might have been the best player in this game, if I'm being honest. He just absolutely looked like a man amongst boys. Um, but Chandler Jones also had a sack. And Chandler Jones played well. I thought uh, Ty Inseki did the best he possibly could against him. I was impressed with his effort. Uh, Rob Havenstein, my only complaint with him, I know he gave up five pressures. He gave sack. I mean, Crosby destroyed him. But that, to me, that's the one thing about Sean McVay. Like, I felt like, you know, he should have had Higby or Bryson chipping Crosby every single play. Uh, just to have him 1v1 was pretty brutal. And it just shows you, you know, Baker Mayfield was able to escape, you know, and he was able to make plays. But, you know, it goes to show you, it further proves my point, guys like Brian Allen and Coleman Shelton being able to block the way they were allowed Baker to step up. Mm -hmm. And if he wasn't, see, if the interior was bad, the game would have failed. But because the interior was good and Skura had his moments, like he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. Like when you have a, a clean pocket up front that to step into, it nullifies the edge rush. Right. Mm-hmm. So I felt like they did a nice job, even though Baker was sacked four times. Um, 
you know, Coleman Shellen and Brian Allen, they deserve a hell of a lot of credit. And then, uh, you know, I had Atwell, you had Powell. Powell had some good returns. Um, they didn't really use him as much this week, which was kind of surprising. I mean, he only had two targets. Um, you know, he had a, he didn't even have a run this week. So yeah, a little weird. They didn't really use him a ton, um, after maybe his best game of his career last week. Mm-hmm. So a little weird there, uh, at well, most targeted wide receiver. I think I literally predicted that would happen. So mm-hmm. that's crazy. Uh, Believe five catches, 50 yards. Yeah. I mean, Two two at the beginning of that that last drive, you could tell he was going to have to help them out. Uh, he had a really nice play where he broke a tackle, ran a beautiful route, broke a tackle, and you know got some extra yards. Two two just continues to grow right before our eyes. He's not Tavon. Um, he's, you know, he's his own later, person. He's his own person. He's not yeah. Tavon Austin. He is two two Atwell. Keep him separate. Exactly, man. And I I think Tutu has a chance, Cam, to at the end of the year, he could be the second receiver on the team. Like he could be the second in receiving. No one's going to pass Cooper Cup. The guy is over 800 yards and he had it within the first like nine games, which is freakish. But uh, Tutu Atwell, you know, now all of a sudden he's moving up the rungs. Um, He has 237 receiving yards all of a sudden on 11 catches and a touchdown. That's 21.5 average. Uh, That's crazy. You know, that's like Deshaun Jackson, like, territory what, so what could Allen robinson um, be my thing is what can Allen robinson be like you know when i hear stuff like that i'm like oh i know <sighs> and, and it, it, it would be cool if Allen robinson had baker throwing to him but you know that's neither that, here nor there that is what that is <laughs> um nice to see van get in the end zone with a touchdown neither of us had him in the x factors um we had pal and atwell uh you had scott i thought scott had some moments um, I had Foster Moreau. He didn't have any moments. They shut him down completely at mm-hmm. one target. They didn't let him see the ball. Um, that's not me missing. That's the Rams like game planning. Like we're not going to let the tight ends do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Matt Collins who at the beginning of the game destroyed the Rams. They mm-hmm. had no answer for him. Uh, you know, he had two catches for 22 yards and then he had three carries for 40 yards. Matt Collins was a baller. They just stopped using him. I don't know why they tried to get cute. Uh, it was working. Go stay with what works. Yeah. I mean, I'm not complaining, but you start to wonder why the offense was struggling so much. I mean, Matt Collins was destroying this team and then they didn't use him again. I mean, I, I mean, it was kind of bizarre. Devon, I mean, Devontae Adams is catching these one handed passes. I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer. Like, going against Jalen Ramsey, I know we talked about this. Double team Devontae Adams. And I almost tweeted that, Jake, at the beginning of the game. I'm like, <laughs> Double team Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey had a one on one. He had an outside release. So it was Jalen Ramsey in the sideline pretty much. And so he had a tough go there. But, you know, the Rams are double teaming um, Devontae Adams. And I think maybe the Raiders got fell in love with Devontae Adams. Like, oh, this guy is balling out. Let's keep going to him. Let's figure out what that looks like. And Holland is is just sitting there like, hey, what about me? So that's neither here nor yeah. there. That's that's on him. We got the dub. So <laughs> that's all that matters. I think what happened was. McDaniels started off the game with a script. Obviously everyone does. And the game script was like, Hey, we watched a lot of Rams football. They do a lot of the end arounds. Let's do that ourselves. Let's take advantage of the fact that Michael Hoyt, who by the way, was in my X factors. He had kind of a back and forth day, like struggled to, to keep, uh, you know, hold of the edge, set the edge. But you know, he had two, three pressures. I thought Copeland played well as well. So we have to mention him, but um, I think with McDaniels, he was like, you know, we got him where we want him. You know, they have a uh, Hoyt there. 
Hoyt's not great at setting the edge. He's more of like an interior defense line, kind of a tweener. Let's take advantage. They kept running to his side where he couldn't set that edge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think he went away from it because that was the game script. And even though it was working, their script set up the game plan. They wanted to win this game, putting the ball in Josh Jacobs' hands. He ran 27 times. The Rams just held him under 100 yards. I mean, you, you say what you will. You know, they they had 165 yards rushing, uh, you know, total in this game. But they held Josh Jacobs under 100. You're going to win most games when you do that. And um, Raheem Morris. You know, the Raiders didn't really have much of a response. I mean, seven targets for Devontae Adams. He only caught three balls for 71 yards. It's a good day at the office for him, you know, in yards perception. But the Rams shut him down the second half, yeah. you know, and I think that's that's a credit to Raheem Morris making, uh, you know, adjustments, doesn't get enough credit. And I think it's a credit to this Rams defense playing like it's life is on the line. And, and this, this team just continues to fight. We love it. No matter what you say, they just continue to fight, man. Believe in Rams. Um, Let's go. (laughs) Believe in Rams, run the damn ball podcast. Uh, believe in Tutu. Yeah. Uh, you know, all our little things there, but, um, Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator cam we'll, we'll dive into this then we'll get into the Rams playoff clinch scenario and then we'll close it out. Uh, Liam Cohen is leaving the Rams per uh, Chris Mortensen. Uh, he will become the new OC uh, for the Kentucky Wildcats. Now he was the Kentucky Wildcats OC the year before. So going back to what is familiar, I don't know if he'll ever be back with the Rams, but you know, uh, either way, good for him. That's a good scenario for him. Good situation. He turned them into a top four offense in the SEC. Um, you, can, I made a, a tweet that was like, Rams fans want him out the door and Kentucky fans are like, please come back. It's just, it's a tale of, of two fan bases. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned that, Jake. It's funny. Sorry. It's funny you mentioned that because yeah. The Rams offense, we were asking all year, like, hey, what's Sean McVay? What are we doing? This is looking a little collegiate, little high school offense, running the same things over and over again. So, it, you know, at this point, it makes sense, right? Like, it seems like they're finding success now, diversifying the playbook. And he was probably like, hmm, not, Sean McVay doesn't need to pass the sticks. I need to pass the sticks, and I need to go to Kentucky. So it, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, I think we might have uh, covered it the last time, but Rashad Samples, he's going to Arizona State to be the running backs. Co- oh, he's going to be the run game coordinator, pass game, something like that. He's he's going to have a bigger role. Uh, wide receivers coach, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So um, he's going to expand his coaching palette. Good for him. We'll see if he comes back at some point. The Rams are not against that. Uh, Greg Olson came back. The guy was, I think, the OC in 2008. So Greg Olson who got the game ball going up against his former team, the Raiders. He was going crazy. Good. Uh, happy for him. But Cam, with the OC out the door at the end of the year, now that we know, that leaves guys like Thomas Brown. That leaves guys like Zach Robinson. And I'll be honest with you, <laughs> I think Zach Robinson's your OC next year. Mm. Going from Oklahoma State to the NFL to PFF to the Rams offensive coordinator. That's where I think we're at. I think Thomas Brown, um, when Baker mentioned the guys that got him ready, Thomas Brown was not one of them. I don't think Thomas Brown's role is revolved around the passing game much at all. I think really what he is, is he set up for a head coaching job. I don't think he has to be a coordinator. I really, the glass shattered for me. I know I say that a lot, but the glass shatters for me a lot. (laughs) Um, The the glass shattered for me with, uh, with Thomas Brown when 
he became the assistant. Uh, the, he was the assistant head coach his second year on the team. Uh, goes from running back to now he's a tight ends coach. So Sean McVay's trying to give him more opportunities, you know, look at the, the offense in a different light. But I think we focus so much on the offense and how these, you know, it's always like position coaches become offensive coordinators, right? That, that's normally how it works. But I think that he is going to be hired this year to be a head coach. I don't think people are going to look at four and nine and be like, nope, not interested. I think they're going to look at the guy and be like, this is a young coach. This is a guy that has experience being an assistant head coach. And if you want to be the optimist in the room, you could look at Thomas Brown and say, Thomas Brown was the assistant head coach for the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. And no one can take that away from him. So I think he's going to be a head coach cam. And I think Zach Robinson is literally going to be the guy that went from PFF to the Rams OC. And I think he's probably going to have a head coaching job waiting for him at some point, but Hot take. Um, Zach, Zach Robinson is a quarterbacks coach right now. He got ba- He helped Baker get ready. He, he's a big part of that. Um, you're starting to hear more and more about his, his uh, you know, his name. This is a guy that I've paid attention to since they added him. I know there's going to be Cliff Kingsbury's out there. I know there's going to be uh, Frank Reich's, but I think Sean McVay is going to hire Zach Robinson, promote him from within, and he will be the OC next year. I don't know what you think, but yeah. that's that's how I feel. And Jake, we talked about this. Finishing strong only benefits everybody, right? And so when the Rams finish on that, now they have Baker Mayfield. Now coaches are licking their chops double time. They're like, okay, like, we might have a good yeah. situation here. We might be able to go to the Super Bowl. We talked about this, Jake. We talked about this in two podcasts, two podcasts ago. Like, hey, if the Rams finish strong, if they get their stuff together towards the end of the season, towards the end of the season, possibly make the playoffs. And we're going to talk about that now, <laughs> right? The hope is in there, but it's going to be an attractive spot for coaches and also for the coaches internally to get hired somewhere else. You know, coach people are going to look and say, hey, the Rams were doomed. They were down and out. And then, oh, snap, they got Baker Mayfield. Now they're finishing the season strong. Now they can possibly make the playoffs. Who were the coaches? What were the ingredients that made this happen? So all the coaches on the staff are part of those ingredients. The Believe in Rams podcast are part of those ingredients, right? Hyping the fans up to get there to that point. But it's going to be extremely attractive, the Rams are, for anybody um, in the sports industry next year. So... I absolutely agree with you. And and I love that they're finishing strong. So now we get into the craziness. <laughs> this is the craziest thing we will talk about on this show. The Rams making the playoffs. I know I said I wasn't going to do it, but as you know, I put in my work, man. Yeah. I do my research and I went down a rabbit hole cam and uh, safe to say I have, I've done it. I <laughs> I'm back into conspiracy theorist, Jake. I don't know, whatever Good. you want to call it. Um, <laughs> In, and, and this is the tweet I put out in case those of you out there are still trying to hold on to a miracle. <laughs> this is the only way for the Rams to make the playoffs. They must beat green Bay, Denver chargers and Seattle win out at eight and nine. Then they need Washington or the giants to lose all their games. So they need either, or they don't need both of them. They don't need both. I have the schedules below, so I can even give those to you. Yeah. So they don't need both of them to lose. They just need one to lose. Um, We're going to find out really quickly which one that we want them to lose because if Philly beats, uh, if the Giants beat Philly this weekend, Mm. then you need the Giants uh, to beat Washington. So uh, this weekend is going to say a lot. 
Um, with that said, Seattle has to lose out. Now, Seattle goes up against Carolina this weekend. If Carolina can do the Rams a favor <laughs> and win this game, then maybe, just maybe, Seattle loses out. San Francisco, Kansas City, Jets, and then the Rams to finish the season. So I think the Rams are going to beat Seattle week 18. I think they're, they were the better team the last time they played them. So I think as long as the Jets can take care of business, Kansas City, San Francisco, and of course, Carolina, I think the Rams can actually take down Seattle in the last game of the year. Yeah. But the last thing, this is important. Green Bay, who the Rams play, Detroit, New Orleans, and Atlanta can't win eight games. They can't win eight games. If they get to eight, it's over. So I have it all broken down. Even Arizona is still alive somehow, but I'm not worried about Arizona. They play <laughs> New England, Denver, Tampa, Atlanta, and San Francisco. Yeah. They lose two and they're out. Yeah. Carolina loses two and they're out. I'm not really worried about Carolina. Uh, Seattle, they have to lose five. Ooh. Carolina, San Francisco, Kansas City, the Jets, and the Rams. Uh, Detroit, Detroit. For those of you out there that want to root for Detroit, don't. Why would you root for Detroit? The Rams still have a chance to make the playoffs. Don't do it. Root for the Vikings. Root for KOC, man. Okay. If the Vikings beat Detroit, they just need to lose two more games. Detroit has Minnesota. They have the Jets. They have Carolina. They have Chicago. And they have Green Bay. Green Bay can't win two more games. Detroit can't win. Uh, they can't win two more games. So it's going to be tough. Like, that's the thing. So Detroit plays Minnesota, uh, the Jets, Carolina, Chicago, Green Bay. They got to lose three of those games. Mm. And, you know, Green Bay has the Rams. And at that point, if they beat Miami, Minnesota, Detroit, now they're down. They need two losses and they're done. The Rams need two losses out of Green Bay. If the Rams beat Green Bay on Monday Night Football, the, the Packers are screwed. They got Miami, Minnesota, and Detroit. So theoretically, they have to win out to have a chance. Mm -hmm. So that's good. New Orleans, they lose one game and they're done. Atlanta, Cleveland, Philly, Carolina. It's possible that they win out, but Philly, I think, is going to win that game at the very least. Mm -hmm. The Giants, Philadelphia, Washington, Minnesota, Indy, Philly. Then you have Washington. The Giants, San Francisco, Cleveland, and Dallas. So one of those teams has to lose out. I think if we're looking at the most realistic option here, and none of this is realistic. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. like they have a 0.1% chance of making the playoffs right now. Yeah. But I could turn to a 1% chance if everything goes according to plan this weekend. Yeah. Seattle, if they lose to Carolina... Rams are still in it after this week, regardless of what happens. That's the only elimination scenario is if Carolina loses to Seattle, the Rams are eliminated. But if Carolina helps the Rams out, then the next week, obviously San Francisco has to beat Seattle. It's funny enough. You'll find out before <laughs> next Sunday, if the Rams are in it, Seattle's next two games. Seattle has the the uh, Thursday night game, and if they beat the Niners on Thursday night football, the Rams are eliminated. So it's one of those things where you're going to constantly watch Seattle. 
you know, the Giants and Washington. Like I said, one of those teams has to lose out. Who's the most likely? I look at Washington. They got the Giants, the 49ers, Cleveland, and Dallas. Unfortunately, that Dallas game could be a problem because Dallas doesn't have a chance to win the division. So they could sit their starters the last game of the year. Mm. That that would be brutal. Yeah. But Washington against the Giants, San Francisco, Cleveland now with Deshaun Watson, and then hopefully Dallas plays some starters. That could be interesting. Yeah. And you mentioned see so you mentioned Seattle. So we gotta watch Seattle. And as you know, there's always yes. there's always a love hate with Seattle. There's always I won't say beef with Seattle, but you know, there's always a little something with Jalen Ramsey, Seattle with Bobby Wag. So <laughs> I guess as as fans, um, as people who consume the game of football, love the game of football, hoping that uh the Seattle Seahawks go down, right? So the Rams can can go yeah. up. That's it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Seattle loses out, then this is possible. Anything's possible. The, <laughs> yeah. With Baker Mayfield, I maybe. will say, <laughs> I will say, Cam, it would be a weird flex, but uh, the last game of the year, if, because we'll know this, if the Rams and Seahawks become the last game of the year, that gets flexed to 8:30 on Sunday Night Football. That'll literally be to go to the playoffs. Sick. That'll be I mean, out of this world. <laughs> that would be nuts. And if that's the case, if the Rams have now, if they're in a position where they beat Green Bay, Denver, and the Chargers, and they're seven and nine, and they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, or not Super Bowl, the, the playoffs, um, if they beat Seattle, I mean, who cares at that point how far they get in the playoffs? If they actually make the playoffs, Baker Mayfield is going to be a legend in, in Rams history. Like, that would be the craziest comeback. Like, I mean, that would really be, like, the craziest thing ever. What, what do we do, Jake, if the Rams make the playoffs? <laughs> Let's end the podcast on if the Rams make the playoffs, what's 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 a bet? What, what, is some, what do we do? What, what's something that we're doing if the Rams make the playoffs? Well. What's the scenario here? It's weird because I don't know how it works because I think the Rams only have one IR elevation. Um, Robert, uh, not, not, not Robert Woods. Uh, Allen Robinson would be out for the year. Mm -hmm. So he has to get like foot surgery or whatever. He'd be done. But Cooper Cup could be back. Mm. Like if they make the playoffs, I don't know how it works. I don't know if you could take just whoever you want off IR once it's the postseason. But Cooper Cup would be back. I think they would choose Cooper Cup over Stafford because Stafford had the you know, the spinal cord contusion. I think they probably just want to give him the year. Um, but maybe they, if they make the playoffs, they put Stafford back in. I think who is more likely to give you a chance if Baker got you to eight and nine. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think you got to keep Stafford on IR and you got to bring cup up. Coop. <laughs> yeah. You know, you need to score touchdowns. Baker's throwing them. Coop's going to catch him. Um, you know what I mean? And with Matthew Stafford. Aaron Donald would be back. I mean, it, it, it go back to the point with, with Matthew Stafford. Long-term health and safety at the end of the day. So I don't think we should be hung yeah. up on, you know, should we bring Matthew Stafford back or not? Like, let's just put the man on ice. Let's put the man on ice for his longevity and for his his, his life livelihood. Bring back Cooper Cup. Bring back Aaron Donald. And let's roll with Baker. Believe in Baker. Let's go. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> now, this is ridiculous i mean this a lot has to go their way but this is one of the more possible crazy 1.1 percent scenarios i've ever seen i mean the fact that like 
these like the, these uh, schedules seem to line up decently well for the Rams if they can take care of their own business. You know, I'm sure one of these will probably be like, it'll be like close. If they went out, it'll be close. It'll be one of those things. Probably Washington beats Dallas and that ends it. Taylor Heineke coming through in the clutch. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of those things. But I mean, until it's over, I mean, I, you know, you can at least hold on to it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you can at least hold on to it. And you can hold on to this because we're going to end the show uh, presented by a uh, bet online. We are going to end the show on the best way possible. If you guys are are worried that they're not going to make the playoffs, it's not a big deal. If they make the playoffs, great. If they're not, they weren't expected to uh, when they were, you know, going into that Thursday night football game. Really, the Seattle game was the last straw, but stranger things have happened. However, if they miss the playoffs going eight and nine, that is almost identical, almost identical to the Patriots season the year after they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. The Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, and I'll let you end on this. They beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, and then the next year they missed the playoffs. They won four or five straight. They went seven and nine. They missed the playoffs. Everyone wrote them off, and then the next year, the dynasty started. Mm. They won two in a row. The only team to win two in a row in the last 12 years. I'm just saying, I'm just saying this team has what it takes. I think to, to run it back next year, they got the core pieces. They can fill in the gaps. They they've learned a lot about themselves this year. Uh, you learn more in your losses than you do in your wins. Um, you know, and I think this is a completely, di- this team has been in every single game. Nothing changed in the fourth quarter. And uh, you know, I would say so much so that if anybody is going to turn this thing around, it's going to be the Rams. Mm. I, I really believe that um, whether Baker's the the quarterback next year, if Stafford retires or Stafford's the quarterback, uh, their injuries were brutal. But even still with all their injuries, Sean McVay and this team fought and they were in every game this year. So take solace in knowing the fact they're going to have an easier schedule next year. This was the number one schedule in the NFL. They had 14 or yeah, I think it was 14 offensive linemen, different offensive linemen start this year. They just had back-to-back games where they started the same offensive line and they finally won a game and snapped their six game losing streak. There you go. So it's just, it's one of those things, man, where a lot of crazy stuff had to go against them. They dominated Tampa and they lost the game on the final play of the game. They outplayed Seattle. They lost the game on the final, on the final play of the game. I'm just saying, you you have those two games switch, and now we're talking about a team that instead of four and nine, they're six and seven. And if they're six and seven right now, I'm absolutely putting them in the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's that's the difference, you know. And it's one of those seasons where they've been in every game, and you know they're they've lost nine of them, they've won four. Uh, but you know, I, if they were Cam, if they were just struggling, reeling playing like absolute garbage. I'd understand it, Mm -hmm. but I'm not giving up on this team going into next year. The way they're fighting, the way Baker Mayfield is fighting. I mean, just look at how this team played around Baker Mayfield. Yeah. This team is four and nine. Okay. You never know it with the way they play. They're playing harder. They played harder than the Raiders did at five and seven with the playoffs still intact. I'm just saying, don't, 
don't sleep on this team to make a big, you know, statement next year. And don't sleep on this team to go back to the Super Bowl next year. I'm just going to say that right now. Let's go. Believe in Rams. And, Jake, can we end the podcast with the let's go Baker chant? All right. By all means, you do it. You lead it. All right. Three and two and one. Let's go, Baker. Let's go, Baker. <laughs> let's go, Baker. Believe in Baker. I mean, it's exciting to see him uh, step in, own it, and crush it. And, yeah, like you said, Rams back in the Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's run it back. I got the shirt on, you know what I mean, from the previous Super Bowl. Yeah. Let's go. Let's run it back. Vamos Rams. <laughs> Hell, yeah. I'll just say no team wants to, to see this team in the playoffs. I'll leave it at that. Let's go. Record doesn't matter when you make the playoffs. Yeah. No seven seed has ever beaten a two seed. This would be the first if they made it. I'll, I'll say that right now. But that's going to do it for us. I'm Jake Ellenbo, and he is Cameron Lynch, giving you hope as always. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this has been episode 142. We will be back. Uh, you know, we got some time until the game, a lot of time. So, you know, we'll, we'll get you ready for the, the Rams Packers game. Don't you guys worry. Um, but until next time. You guys take care. All right. Later, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.